for us here today, I'm really excited. We're going to be resuming a message. We are on part four already, and we're actually going to resume this message up today. I'm really excited and fired up. It's been a powerful, thought-provoking, I've said soul-stirring message. Someone shout the title at me. Wait, what is it? That's kind of a crazy statement to hear in church. Right? Before we started this message, I bet 99% of us probably never heard that statement in church. Because that's an upside down backwards statement, right? God is love. God loves everybody, right? What have we been saying? We said God loves everyone, but he doesn't love. A couple of y'all paid attention. God loves everyone, but he doesn't love everything. And I firmly believe in these last days, in this specific Amazing, awesome time that God has ordained each of us to to live in and be a part of right now in 2022. He wants his church to be confident, to speak out in boldness, to know his word, to love his word, and to condemn evil. We need to love everyone, but we need to stop standing by in silent, partaking in evil, and not condemning evil. Because as we read in Proverbs chapter 6, we're going we're gonna to read that scripture again today. That's really been our foundational scripture for this whole message. God says that he has some things that he detests. He has some things that he hates. And for our world to get better, guys, the church is going to have to stand up and speak out. And we need to train our kids in truth. See, because the enemy, he uses, he uses little partial truths to persuade and lead people astray. That partial truth that God is love. Is God love? Yes. But they use that partial truth, and God forgive us as the church if, if we use that statement to allow people to stay comfortable in their sin. Because God is love, so you don't have to change the way that you, you live if it offends God and His values. Or the partial truth that God loves you just the way that you are. God, forgive the church if we stand by it and, and just let people live, live that, that, that partial truth without inviting them and explaining to them the full truth that God loves you just the way that you are. But he wants you to grow and thrive in the kingdom of God. And that's going to take the Holy Spirit to lead and guide your life. God wants to use his word and his truth to align our lives and our values up with the values of God. Amen. So if you missed any of the past three messages, y'all can catch up super easy. Y'all say it with me, easy. Uh, on our social media accounts or on our church app, you can catch and watch any of the messages to get caught up. If this is maybe the first time you've, you've been here or you're setting in, missed a few weeks, you can catch up real easy. But look at that foundational scripture as we dive in. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19. This is the scripture we've been using for the last four weeks. And right there at verse 16, as we get started, there it is. There's our statement. There's a partial title of our message. It says, there are six things the Lord hates. If you haven't highlighted that or underlined that already, do that today. Yes, seven are an abomination to him, it says. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are swift and running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies and one who sows discord among the brethren. So what we have done is each week we've given you at least one or two of those. So we have studied all of these the last four weeks. We studied pride, we studied lying, we studied hands that shed innocent blood, 
We've studied heart that devises wicked plans and feet that are swift and running to evil. And so today, as we wrap this up, we're going to focus and look at these last two statements in Proverbs 16, or Proverbs 6, excuse me, verses 16 through 19. It says, A false witness who speaks lies and one who sows discord among the brethren. So let's look at that first point today and read it together. What does it like to take notes on your outliner there on your screens for us? It says, God hates a false witness and one who sows discord. God hates division because a house divided against itself cannot stand. If you think about these last two that the Lord lists, a false witness and one who sows discord, they are directly connected. Because one who sows discord, sows discord using lies, a false witness. A false witness uses lies to benefit oneself or to lead others astray. And when you lead others astray, what does it do? It, it makes a divide. It, 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 it divides, it separates. And God hates these two things because it, it, it separates truth from a lie. It says in Revelations that we overcome the devil by the words of our testimony. But the words of our testimony in Jesus are truth. And our truth actually does the opposite. The testimony of your truth actually, what does it do? It, it unites. It strengthens. So you have, you have the, the God's character, which is truth and unity and strength, battling up against the things that he hates, which is lies and, and discord, the opposite of unity. And if we allow lies to creep into our personal lives to lead us astray, the scary thing is that we can also partake in leading others astray. This is why we need to be in a real relationship with God every day through His Son and His Word so that we can stand for truth, know truth, and speak truth. God hates division, it says in that first point, because a house divided against itself cannot stand. If we find ourselves at a, in a tough place where we don't have the faith or the strength to stand, maybe we've allowed a lie to triumph, a mistruth to triumph. We've allowed a false testimony to change and dictate the course of our lives. And as a church, we will never stand and thrive in the kingdom of God if we're not united in the same goals and the same purpose and the same truth of God. And we have a dynamic here at this church that's different than many because what do we have? We have two campuses, right? And so if you're not careful, you can, you can make Holly Pond a competition with the Arab campus. Now we have the campus games and not saying that we won, but we won. <laughs> but that's all in good and fun, right? I'm saying... We can't be in competition with the very brothers and sisters that God calls us to be in unity with. We need to have the same purpose and the same vision for God. And this is why God hates a false witness and one who sows discord. Because it sidetracks the vision and purpose that God has for His church and for His people. Right? God loves unity and truth because it's what builds the strongest foundation. Think of that. Who wants a strong foundation? 
Who needs a strong foundation? Maybe your strong foundation that you, that you, you crave and that you, you, you pray for and that you, that you need and that you're asking God, it, it, it starts in the truth of God and it starts in the unity of God. Because you need to be connected to God and you need to be connected to people. And if we're not in unity, something's broken. And God wants to strengthen those broken areas, and God wants to strengthen the areas that are already strong, but that can become stronger. Right? So look at Luke 11. We're going to read verses 16 through 18, two quick verses. And it's going to tie together with our first point there. It says, Others testing him thought from him, excuse me, others testing him sought from him a sign from heaven. But he, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Every kingdom divided, every kingdom divided against itself is brought to desolation, destruction, destroyed. And a house divided against itself will fall. So God understands the strength and power of truth, the strength and power of unity, the strength and power of condemning evil, not partaking in evil, and separating ourselves in holiness together for the causes of God and for the causes of heaven. This is why we can't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. We can't do life with unbelievers. Now, we love them, we pray for them, but until you come to the revelation that Jesus is Lord, you and I can't. Does that make sense to you? You have to guard your heart. You have to protect yourself, protect your family. Because a house divided cannot stand. So if the church is divided on what God calls truth, we will not stand. There may be other churches, other people, other believers that would maybe hear about what we've been talking about the last three or four weeks. Maybe you got to talk to some people, people at your workplace that go to other churches and maybe say, oh, what'd you learn this week at church? And you say, we, we did a message called God Hates and they might look at you kind of funny, right? Some people might think that is crazy, but as soon as you open your Bible and begin to study, you say, you know what? That's actually truth. God wants his church to be united in truth. We have to agree that, that the only way to heaven is Jesus. It's got to be foundational. We have to believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. We have to believe that Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave. We have to believe that there is a promise for eternal life for all those that believe. We have to believe that there's a, re a repentance of sin that needs to take place. That if you really love God, you have to stop doing some things that you secretly enjoy doing in the dark. Because God is light. There's no darkness in Him. And so if the church is divided what God calls truth, we will not be able to stand we have to love what God loves and hate what God hates. We have to love the sinner and hate the sin. We have to call sin what it is. And we have to invite and, in, invite and inspire others to lay down their sin and even lay down their lives. That's a radical statement too. To live for God, you'll have to lay your life down. 
That's the truth of Scripture also, so that His life can be found in you. His life has to be greater, right? Look at Matthew 7, 24 through 27. If God's life is in you, I promise you, you have a strong foundation. Nothing will be able to come in and divide and separate and, and demolish if you are being led by the Spirit of God. And so we're talking about a, 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 how Satan comes in to divide and separate, and God wants to strengthen using truth. And so look, look at this scripture, verse 24, Matthew 7, 24 through 27. It says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes and torrents and the floodwaters rise and then the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. Who's the bedrock? Jesus. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand, when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. What if we need to just do what God says without worrying about how the other will respond? How many times has the blessing of God been snatched from a believer's mouth because that believer was worried about how the other person would respond? This is for somebody. Their response is not your responsibility. What is your responsibility? If the Holy Spirit said, then we have to have the faith to speak. Condemn evil. Turn your back on evil. If they respond, they respond. If they don't, it says they will crash. They will collapse. The sad thing is, many of us need to crash and collapse before we see God for who He is. I'm one of those people. I crashed and collapsed. Why? Because I built my foundation. I built my life not on bedrock, who is Christ, but on sand, on false truths, on partial truths that the world had, the world had to give me. And if we follow Christ, I promise you'll stand. So I have a couple questions for you. Are you listening and following the voice of God today? Watching us online in the sanctuary. Are you hearing and seeing the voice of God but ignoring? Are you hearing and seeing but you're just ignoring? It's, a, it's an inconvenience for me to set that time aside to read my Bible. It's an inconvenience for me to have those tough conversations with my spouse or with my kids. It's, it's an inconvenience because, hey, I'm in a hurry. If you are in a hurry, you will probably miss God. And if you are in a hurry on purpose, if you saw God and heard God, that could be called sin. If you don't do what God asks you to do. Are you running in the same direction as God? Or are you running away from God? If you want the vision of God to prevail in your life, I hope you're running to Him and not to an evil relationship. 
other evil lies, or fill in the blank. Are you running to God or running to other things? This is what I know. If we're united in the truth of God, if we're united in Christ, if we make him the bedrock of our foundation for this church, for our personal lives, for our families, then we can stand, right? United we stand, but divided we fall. So look at that next point. And it's so so cool and crazy that uh, much of what I do as a pastor is, is studying the Word of God and, and studying words. I, I've always loved English. I was always, always excelled in English in school and, and studying languages. And I actually uh, studied a little bit of Spanish and French and retained some of it. It's a miracle, praise God. But uh, getting to study words, and if you think of the word division, you get, if you study it out, you get a, you get a deeper, somebody say deeper, d- deeper meaning. And so I hope this, this, this blesses you today because you got to know that there are two visions for your life. There's God's vision and there's the vision from the enemy. And so look at that, that next point. It says division means two visions. Die means two and vision means vision, right? Anything that separates us from God's vision for our lives and His will in the earth is demonic, carnal, and destructive. So think of that. If there's two visions, excuse me, there's two visions, you got to know that God is for you in His vision. (laughs) And then you got to know that the enemy is against you in His vision. But what does the enemy try to do to deceive? There are so many believers that have it backwards. They think God is against them. Because if the enemy can get you to believe that God is against you, you will not run towards God. You will run away from your only source of hope. Why does the enemy want us to live that way? Because God wants to unite us in Christ and the enemy wants to divide us and conquer us. I'm so thankful that I serve a God that doesn't want to conquer me. He wants me to choose him because I want to choose him. And he uses truth to do that, to inspire us and to draw us onto him. So you better believe God has a vision for your life, but you better believe that the devil does too. And so as I ask you those questions, I I hope you're hearing God and seeing God and experiencing God, and I hope you are taking advantages of those moments. Because whatever vision you're actually following is actually your God. Pause for effect. Somebody say, whoa. See, I can believe in Jesus, but if I'm not really following him because I'm following other things that are evil, I'm following the things that God hates. We said last week what? No one will be led to the gates of heaven because they followed lies. To get to heaven, you got to follow truth. There is a pathway of truth, and Jesus is a lamp that shines upon our feet. Holy Spirit, shine your light on our paths in Jesus' name so that we go where you want us to go. 
because the vision that I follow reveals what God I'm really serving. I'm following God or am I following evil? Am I following the devil? Am I following my selfish, evil ways? Look at James 3, 13 through 16. It says, if you're wise and understand God's ways, prove it. <laughs> prove it by living an honorable life, doing good works. We said last week we need to move from simply believing to doing. Doing good. Don't just believe in good. Be the good. Do the good to fight evil. With humility that comes from wisdom, but if you are bitterly jealous and there is selfish ambition in your heart, don't cover up the truth with boasting and lying. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder in what? Of every kind. Why do we have an evil epidemic in our nation and in the world today? Because everybody is just being led by the spirit of flesh. No one is really, there are, there are people living for God, praise God, but the majority of our cultures, the majority of the folks in the world are being led by their selfish ambitions, by their evil fleshly desires, by the desire to get on top by no means, no restriction. If it, if it costs you and your family and your feelings and your bank account, if I, if I can make it, then so be it. Whatever I can do. There are two visions for our lives. There's God's vision and there's the devil's vision. How are you living your life? Are you doing it the patient extra mile way? Are you accomplishing those goals and those visions for the kingdom of God? Going the extra mile. Y'all know Jesus preached the extra mile. To follow God, sometimes you, gotta, you, gotta, you don't got to take shortcuts. You got to take the long way. That'll preach. Maybe that'll be our next message, the long way. Church, we can't take shortcuts and expect God to bless us. That's what the world does. We have to be good stewards of our time, good stewards of the blessings that we have. We have to dig in for righteousness and, and purity and holiness and, and do the extra things to set ourselves apart for the glory of God. It's going to take more energy. It's going to take more time. It's going to take more faith to do it God's way. But he'll bless it. As we read that James 3, I think of the two visions for our life and I think of how the God plays the game. God uses faithfulness, gentleness, and love, and forbearance, and forgiveness, and how he plays the game of life and eternal life. And I think about how the devil plays the game. And as I read that scripture, his game is always the same. He uses lies to sow discord and discouragement. Why do I want to take the shortcut? Because God ain't answering my prayer fast enough. What does he do? He sows division and discord by sowing lies. God blessed them way before he blessed you. What happens when we hear that and, and, and take that into our spirit? What happens? A wedge 
is drived in. And the enemy is having his way with you when you allow that to happen, when those little lies to creep in. The devil, devil plays the game the same. He uses lies to sow discord and discouragement. I'm always discouraged because I'm always unhappy because I feel like I never make it. I, f- I feel like I, I set up short. I feel like God can't use me. I feel like so-and-so's blessed and I'm not blessed and I feel like God's mad at me and I feel like God's not hearing my prayer. I feel like God's not seeing me. And the whole time, the enemy is using that to play the game to keep you bound in lies, following lies, discouraged, divided, discontent. And he's playing the game. And to get out of that place of lies, to get out of that dark place, is going to take truth that says God loves you, God sees you, God hears you, God is for you. But we got to do it God's way, and that means it might take longer doing it God's way. But it's going to be worth it. If you got a neighbor, tell him, hey, it's going to be worth it. If you got two neighbors, pat down and say, it's going to be worth it. Church, stay faithful, please. Don't, don't let the enemy drive you away from the only source of your promise. Drive you away from the only source of your, your joy and your freedom. Think of that as, as the devil plays the game. What is, he, what is he doing? He's accomplishing two things. He's dividing people from God. And he's also dividing people from people. And that's a dangerous place. The enemy, that's why we, get, this is why we have to hate what God hates. We have to hate discord and we have to hate false lies and and false testimony because if the devil can separate you from God and from people, now he's got you. And so we have to be very careful as we allow people into our lives, allow people that are going to speak truth and that are going to inspire you and going to help you and pray for you, right? Because to live in victory, (laughs) y'all, we need both. We need God. Hey, and I need some people around me that can pick me up that can love me, that can encourage me, that can just stop talking and listen to me sometimes. Don't you hate that when you're like, I need to meet with somebody, and they just keep talking, talking. You're like, I just need you to stop so that you can hear what's going on in my life. Right? I feel like that's something I struggle with when I, because I'm up here talking all the time. I get with people, I, I need to remind my Holy Spirit, like, just stop talking. Like, be with them and listen to their heart. Because that's some of the best things that we can do. But if you allow the devil to come in and divide you, no one's hearing your heart. No one's hearing how they need to pray for you. No one's seeing where you're at. Right? Because know that God hears you, but man, when you know that other people hear you, and now other people are praying for you, fighting for you, right? So we need to have both to live in victory. Look at the next point. So what we're going to do here for a few quick minutes is, division means two visions. So you're saying, Pastor, you're not here. There's the vision of God in my life, and there's the vision for the enemy in my life. And I want God's vision, amen. But so look at that point. It says, so there's two types of division. One's good and one's bad, right? But really one brings death and one brings life. God hates division birthed out of what? Lies, jealousy, y'all shout at me. Selfish ambition, y'all ain't falling asleep, are you? 
So God hates division that weakens the body of Christ. All those things, would you agree, weaken the body? Right? They weaken the body of Christ. Hey, and they weaken us individually and spiritually. Right? It weakens the body of Christ. And it undermines the authority of what? Truth, Scripture, the Word of God. And it also distracts, right? Keeps us discouraged and discontent from the vision and the mission of God. This type of division brings death and destruction. Division brought by discord brings death. When you live a lie, it can't, when you live a lie, it could only can produce death because Jesus is life. He's the exact opposite. So if I live my life that way, that's what I reap. Division brought, and we're going to talk about, there's a, so that's, that's, that's a bad division. Here in a moment, we're going to talk about good division. God actually calls us to divide and separate from things that are unholy. I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But, so we have to see and recognize the things that are birthed in evil. If you see it, recognize it, you better separate yourself from those things. Separate yourself with those things. Right? Guard your heart, Proverbs 4.23 says. Look at 1 Corinthians 1.10. It says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be, what? No divisions in the... All right, I want you to highlight that underline. Let there be no divisions in the... Church, he says. What happens if we allow somebody who is blatantly living evil into the church? That would cause a division. He doesn't want divisions within the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and what? Purpose. I love that. United in thought and united in purpose. What, what do we call our church here? If you've been coming for a while, we call it a forever family. I believe that we, God has, we're just getting started, but we have established a forever family. Our forever family at our ARAP campus and here at our Holly Pond campus, my prayer is that we are bought into the purpose, the plan, and the vision of God for our church. Forever family prays for each other. Forever family doesn't judge each other. Forever family runs together. Forever family does life together. Huh, I'll save the best for last. Forever family forgives. It's for somebody. Because if I don't forgive, see, this is another way the enemy plays the game. I'm offended. So-and-so doesn't even know that you're offended with them. Who's the one suffering? You. And I actually limit the, the, the life of God and the blessing of God in my life when we live this way because He resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. And so forever family forgives. It's able to look past. Now, as long as it's not... Against going against some truth, right? We stand firm in truth, but if it's if it's something that that the Lord is saying, you need to forgive. You need to get over this, right? Everybody ever heard that? You know, I I'm the problem. <laughs> I'm being selfish. I'm being childish. I I I need to forgive this person because you can't have the best that God has to give you if you continue to live in rebellion. Forever family forgives because God wants to unite. If you don't forgive somebody, are you going to be in a relationship with them? No. Because the enemy has allowed the division to take place out of evilness, to sow discord, discouragement, using lies. 
Look at Jude. You don't get a whole lot out of Jude. Church, anyway, on Sunday mornings. But we got chapter 1, verse 70 through 19. It says, But you, my dear friends, must remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus said. They told you that in the last times there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. These people are the ones who are creating divisions. There it is. Among you. They follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's Spirit in them. This is why we need the Holy Spirit alive and active, powerful in our lives. Because there are people out there not doing life that way. It's backwards to them, the way that we live, and backwards to them the way that we say we want to live and how we want to have God's purpose manifest in our lives because we're being led by the Spirit of God, not by the Spirit of flesh. And so hear me, if you have allowed people in your life that are weakening you spiritually, you've seen this, recognize this. I feel weakened spiritually because this person's in my life. They undermine truth of Scripture with lies of the world. Or you feel distracted from God's vision for your life. If you feel distracted and off the wrong path because of this presence of someone else's life in your life, you better watch out. And I pray that you would make the wise decision. We need to love everyone, but we don't have to love everything. If that person is doing evil and your relationship with them, what's going to happen? They're going to bring you down with them. And the whole time God's like, this is not my vision for your life. This is not my purpose for your life. But what have they done? They have followed the false vision. They're following not God's vision. And they're reaping the consequences. Who wants to reap some benefits? (laughs) Then do the wise thing and do what God wants you to do. Love what he loves and hate what he hates. Look at that next point. So that's bad, the bad type of division. And I want to maybe inspire you to think of division in a good way. Because in Scripture, God actually talks about holiness and how He wants the church to divide and separate from things that are evil. And so God actually embraces division, birth in truth. we got to get this. we got to see this. And this is where we have to dig in in these last days. That we, if division happens because we fought for truth and stood for truth and they rejected it, then so be it. You're not supposed to be in the church. No amens on that? Because that's actually kind of backwards to the way we do church in America. We need to be pursuing holiness, pursuing righteousness. Because that's what God wants us to do. Right? Jesus brings division between light and darkness. Right? The Word of God divides between soul and spirit. Did you know that? He brings division between good and evil. And the Holy Spirit divides between sin and righteousness. This type of division brings life. So there's a good division and a bad division, right? Think of this. One day, God will divide good and evil forever. God will literally divide good and evil, life and death, forever. God calls us to divide the dead branches in our lives, to cut away the dead 
spiritual things. Cut away the dead spiritual habits, the things that are killing me, robbing from me, destroying me, the dead relationships, so that the vine, who is Christ, can thrive. Right? Because evil opposes good, God separates the two. God is good. Evil can't blend with God. He separates, he divides the two. Look at John 8, 12. It says, Then Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of light. There is no darkness in him. Now, I know we are, we are creation. We are man created in God's image. But th- this might be a challenge, but what if you lived your life totally in the light? Totally in the light. Not listening to those things. Not watching those things. Vetting every relationship in your life. Cutting away all those dead bad habits. Getting in your word every single day. Praying every single day. Talking to God every single day. Walking in love every single day. Walking in forgiveness every single day. What could happen? Because I know this, there is no darkness in him. God compels us to try our best, somebody say best, to live this way. If you're trying your best, God says amen. But if you are on purpose not doing your best, that's different. If you've come to know the truth, right? You know the truth and you're on purpose dragging your feet, (laughs) right? I know what I should do. I know what God's calling me to do, but it's so stinking hard. I'm so stinking over this. Ah, What has happened? Your relationship has become a burden, God wants your relationship to be the best thing in the world, right? If, you're, if your faith is, has gone drier, it's not because of him, it's because of you. If you feel dry, it's not because God's not sustenance, it's because you feel dry because of the things you're allowing in your life. It's probably evil, and it's sucking from you and stealing from you instead of life-giving and giving you life. Look at Hebrews 4.12. It says, For the word of God is living, I put alive in quotation marks there, some scriptures say alive, and more powerful, and some scriptures say active. Put that there for you. Then a sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit. And at the joints of marrow, it is discerner of thoughts and the intents of the heart. God's word is alive and active. It's powerful. And it comes to divide soul and spirit, truth, and lies. It, the Word of God will always be our compass for our direction, and the Word of God will always be our, our compass when and if we ever have to make some divisions in our lives. When we have to say, you know what, this is not good for me and my faith. I have to make a division. I have to separate. God's Word will always be that compass. Can I get an amen? All right. Look at 2 Corinthians 6, 14-12. We're about to wrap up. It says, what does it say? Do not be yoked together. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Baal? It's a false god. Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? 
And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out. What? Come out from among them, those who are living in evil. And be what? Separate, it says. Be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean. And I will receive you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. To be holy, we have to separate ourselves from anything that is unclean. Relationship, the things that we watch, the things that we listen to, we must separate ourselves. We've got to love what God loves enough to compel us to hate the things that He hates. Look at that last point. We wrap this up. So we kind of come full circle. Last four weeks. Because God is love, God hates. What's the opposite of love? Hate. What's the opposite of light? Darkness. What's the opposite of righteousness? Unrighteousness, Unri- right? Because God is love, he, he has to hate what is not love. Because God is love, He hates anything that falls short of the authentic love of God. When we love what he loves and hate what he hates, we walk in, there it is, unity with God. And while living the life he's called us to, as the enemy's trying to divide, separate, and conquer, God is trying to unify, to love, to build up, to strengthen, so that his church can flourish, so that his children can flourish, so that families can flourish. And so when we love what God loves and hate what God hates, it brings unity. Look at that last scripture I'm going to give you. Amos 3, 3. Can two walk together unless they are agreed? Right? Can two walk together unless they are agreed? Who you follow and who you walk with is who you've agreed with. Who you follow... And who you walk with, who you do life with, is who you've agreed with. So close your eyes today. So get ready to pray. Do you agree that God has forgiven you? Do you agree that God loves you? Do you agree that this bad season in your life shall too pass? Do you agree that Jesus is for you? If you agree with those things, why do you keep ignoring his voice? Because just because you believe, it doesn't mean that you're following. You believe those things, but you're following all the opposite things. You're listening to that friend that's giving you all the bad advice. You're reading all the wrong stuff. You're watching all the wrong things. You're listening to all the wrong things. You're following the exact opposite things that you say you believe in. So right now, I just pray over us. Holy Spirit, I I pray you would fill us. Satisfy us. Fill us so full of all the things that you love.
so much, so, so much that we would be so full that we would literally reject and deny anything that is not from you. That we would love what you love so much that we would hate what you hate. Lying, slander, murder, sowing discord. All these things, evil. That we would hate everything that you hate. And that we would live radically different lives for your glory. If you're here today or watching us online and you're, you're born again, I want you to pray for the lost right now. Pray for somebody lost. And uh, if you're here or watching us online and Jesus is not your Lord, I want to change that today. I want, I want you to, to have hope today. And so if you say, you know, if you were speaking today, I, Lord was dealing with my heart. There's some things in my life that are, that are off. There's some things in my life that are not honoring God. And I, I want to restore my relationship with him today. I, I want him to make him Lord. So if you want to make that decision today, I'll make it easy for you. All I want you to do is right now, you say, I want to pray to accept Jesus. I want you just to stand up. Stand up in our sanctuary. If you're watching us online, all I want you to do is just put something in the chat. Say, hey, I'm making this decision. I'm praying this prayer. Let us know that you're doing that. Give you a few seconds. If the King of Kings is dealing with your heart, right now, the least you can do is stand because he died on a cross for you. So if you want to make that decision, I'll give you a few moments. Amen. Amen. What I'm going to do is lead us all in a prayer in case someone's making a decision online today. Let's do it loud and proud with conviction today. Holy, or Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you, and uh, we believe in your Son. We confess that Jesus is Lord. Forgive me of my sins, forgive me of my past, and redeem my future. Send your Holy Spirit to help me to live for you. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.